With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Girls Next Level, guys. We've got a fun episode for you today. Another Q&A, Q&A number two. And you guys had so many questions. So many good ones. And if you're on our Patreon, we do guarantee that we will prioritize your questions. So if we don't get your questions in this episode, we'll do a special like slumber party with the rest of the questions. But we're going to try to cover them all because you guys had amazing questions. Yes. Should we just get right into it? Yeah, let's start with a bang. Okay. So the first question is, would having a large labia (laughs) slash vag disqualify a girl from becoming a playmate so I know the wait, answer to this because I wait can I just say yeah. I love that that's where we're starting this I like, know we just, just right off the top guys get get it out of the way so I know the answer to this because I worked at the studio but I want to know what's your guess Bridget would having a really large labia disqualify you from being a playmate well Unfortunately, I would have to say that it probably does, although I don't know why it would matter because I feel like they're really good with Photoshop and they could change those things around a little bit. Yeah, you're you're 100% right because Hef kind of did have like a personal preference where he wanted a vag to look like no labia minora, which is like the inside stuff sticking out. Like he just wanted like the outside lips, but... In, and also like Playboy's standard of what they wanted to show, like their standard for like explicitness was they didn't do like spread eagle shots or no. anything like that. So you might think that having large labia would disqualify you, but actually did not because it, you would just be shocked at what you can hide with a pose. With a pose. And mm-hmm. like a lot of times it's with pan- the panties are on still. Yeah. And- Yeah, so you would be, and by the way, you guys, just when we talk about stuff like this, like these aren't our beauty standards. Like we're not on here saying like, ugh, you can't have like a large vag. Like that's not our beauty standard. We're talking about the beauty standard as it existed then. Like I'm not saying you have to hide it or it's not good, but I'm just saying for like the standard that the magazine had and what they were willing to show on like a quote unquote pornographic level, like it was super easy to hide. Like you didn't even really have to use Photoshop or anything. Although there was one time with one Playmates pictorial, I was showing half the pictures and he's like, yeah, we need to Photoshop that out. And he goes, this is what a vagina should look like. And he drew a V with like a line up the middle. Okay. And I was like, all right then. But that's so not true. They come in all shapes and sizes. Which he should know that by now. Right? (laughs) I mean, it's just so not true. (laughs) But I do, I can even think of like a few playmates who like did have a lot more going on down there. But you would never know to look at the pictorial just because like with a pose, you can really hide it. Yeah. So the next question, which is kind of like similar topic, kind of just having to do with Playmates and stuff. How much were Playmates paid for their pictorials? So back in 2005, a Playmate was paid $25,000 for posing, but she didn't get that all at once. She got, it was broke up into like four payments. The first one you got after you shot your pictorial. I don't remember where the second and third came in. I know that one 
came after your pictorial was published, which could be up to like a full year after you shot your pictorial. So this money was stretched out. It's not like you were like, oh, 25 grand, I'm good for this month. You know what I mean? Right. It was stretched out. So you got one after you finished the shoot, two after it was published, three, I'm not after sure. After the video. Yeah, the, I think two was after you shot the video because a lot of people didn't know that Playmates also had to shoot a whole video. Mm-hmm. And I had people, like I was not in charge of the video at all when I worked at the studio. In fact, I tried to encourage Hef to like get rid of the videos because I felt like they just weren't worth it. And I felt like they were kind of off brand for the Playmates. Like they made the women look beautiful, but I felt like they were kind of hokey and sometimes a little more explicit than what the girls wanted to do. Yeah. So I tried to get them to like get rid of that, but that wasn't my department. As we've talked about on this podcast too, it's a lot different to be nude for photographs posed than to be video like it to be on camera and be moving and video of being nude it's just a totally different thing and I guess maybe you wouldn't understand it until you've been there but like it's different exactly I agree like if it's not in your wheelhouse at all to want to be naked you might be like what's the difference but personally I feel like there's a big difference like to be perfectly posed and looking good and it's the a lighting new photo just right yeah that's one thing but to be running around with your tits bouncing around eh. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. And when I say, uh, I'm not judging anybody who does it. I'm just saying for me, like, that's not my comfort level. And it's up to each person individually to decide what their comfort level is. Like, that's always what I say to you when people ask me about posing nude or should I do it or do you regret it? I'm like, I don't regret it. But one thing people should know is once you've posed nude, people kind of expect you to always be naked. And when <laughs> if they offer you something like, oh, let's do this shoot and you can be nude and you're like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. They look at you like you're insane. Like, they think... You're just spread eagle in Times Square if you, you know. Yeah, pose well, nude they also they act like you're kind of being hypocritical, like, oh, well, you'll do it for them, but you won't do it for this. Like, you know it's what like, I mean? Yeah. Like, they take it personally. <laughs> Context is everything. Mm-hmm. Especially with something as sensitive as nudity. And when I'm talking about this too, I'm kind of referring to three different things. Like I know we're talking about the Playmate pictorial Mm -hmm. here, pictorial and then the video. But I'm also kind of um, putting in a little dig in there about Girls Next Door and filming us nude. 100%. those are three totally different things like being posed, like we said, and then having these videos where there, there is lighting and they are trying to make you look good versus just a reality show where you're just like being you and you're nude in it. Yeah, you know, it's, thinking it's, you're going to be blurred, but really like all your scars and cellulite is out there for the world. <laughs> Glad you got an eyeful. <laughs> but anyway, we got off topic. So the Playmates were paid like a quarter of it after they shot their pictorial, a quarter after they did their video, a quarter after the pictorial was published, which could and oftentimes was a full year later. And then paid the last part of it a year after your pictorial came out so that was like over a two-year time span and to even get the rest of your payment you're expected to be on your best behavior because the way reason they spread it out that way is they can take the rest away at any time like if they shoot your pictorial but decide oh we're not going to use it for whatever reason then you don't get the rest of it yeah they just or, pay the partial amount yeah or if you find out oh wait i have to shoot a video i don't want to do that well to get the rest of your money you do mm-hmm. and then to get the rest of your money for like a year after the pictorial comes out you can't like break your contract and what would be considering breaking your contract is like posing for another magazine that playboy considered a competitor or like working for a competitor or it could be any kind of thing would get you disqualified yeah so it wasn't 
plush as far as the money went (laughs) like it seems like a lot when you're a girl from a small town you're like whoa $25,000 I remember I always thought that I was like $25,000 that's amazing for one photo shoot but it's it's two years of your life kind of so Bridget do you still have your playmate test photos I do so the original ones I wasn't given like the Polaroids or anything like that Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know to ask for that kind of things and I didn't want to ask for anything more like I wanted to be you know just like perfect while I was there and as nice as possible so I didn't even think to ask but I um did get when I came back I did ask Hef if I could have some of the photos printed out and so I I do have those um and then I also kept all the Polaroids from my second test which are my favorite awesome I think that's a hint I think they want you to post them (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, how do I do that? Because it's nudity. Like, do I have to put ribbons across everything? I know, right? I don't know if I could post them. And I would they, love to, because I really like them. And it might be like a copyright thing, too, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Even though I feel like if you pose nude, you should have some claim to that. But that's not the rules, sadly. Uh, I think if you're in any photo, the person in the photo should have just as much right as the person that took the photo to use the photo. No, I believe that too. Like, I feel like even if it's like a paparazzi picture, like it's 50-50. Like, you need the permission of the person too. But sadly... That's a good thing we're not in the law because... (laughs) I know, because things would be a change in. I like the next question about health insurance because I think it's interesting. I think so too. And I don't know. I actually don't know what your situation was, but I can tell what my situation was. I came in with health insurance already. Um, I was on like a, a, my own plan and paying into it every month. And um, it wasn't right away, but eventually when like Mary or Norma or something he heard that I was paying for my own insurance they said oh Hef will take care of that for you and basically they paid my premium every month oh that's good until I left and then and then it was back on my own that sounds like the ideal situation when I moved in I was still young enough that I was on my parents which kind of puts things in perspective a little bit (laughs) but um but obviously like that runs out I think at 25 but if you didn't already have health insurance, Hef would not take out health insurance for you. He would pay your medical bills, which I feel like he should have. I mean, we were certainly put at risk being part of that situation, but he wouldn't buy you health insurance. And I feel like that's part of the dynamic. It's the same as like leasing a car as opposed to like buying a fee, but yeah, not us. Maybe we could ask for a reimbursement. I know. No, people comment to me all the time. They're like, have you ever thought about suing E? But they're not the ones to sue. Like, it was Hef who made that decision. It was not E. It was not even the production. Like, Kevin was just like, okay, what do we pay the girls? And they were, and Playboy was like, no, the girls are taken care of. Hmm, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Did we take our cars when we left? Yeah, I mean, well, I was already leasing my own car. Like, I was just driving a Prius that I drove to work, and that lease I was already paying for when I was at the mansion. So I took that, and I eventually, like, got a different car, but yeah. Um, I had my Porsche, which love, love my Porsche. <laughs> and yes, I took it with... Um, so there was still a lot of payment left on it and I just took my savings and I paid it off so I didn't have that monthly payment. Yeah. So the first of our Patreon questions is from Phoebe. She says, I want to talk finances. You all mentioned that you didn't get paid for the show at the beginning. Do you know who was getting paid and how much? Was it Playboy or Hef? Also, I'm sure the pay for the first season was the lowest, but can we talk about how much per episode in the beginning versus the end? Since you were living at the mansion, were you able to basically save it all? 
We Whew, were okay, there's not, so much in here. Yeah, we were not paid at the beginning. And as far as like who was actually profiting off the show, I don't really know who was making how much because we were always gaslit by the producer to think that even he wasn't making very much money. And then it says, I'm sure the pay for the first season was the lowest, but can we talk about how much per episode in the beginning versus the end? I think at the beginning... Well, at the very beginning, there was zero. At the very beginning, there was zero. And I know it went up every season, but I can't even remember what the first well, season was. I will tell you that the first season was like um, $1,000 or $1,500 an episode. Yeah, it was really, really low. And then it went up like very small after that. Like the second season was like twenty five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and then it was like three thousand yeah. for like some add-ons or whatever. It was like five thousand, yeah. yeah. So it just went up really, really slow and very limited like that. Oh, and not only that, but I'm we'll probably get into it in a future episode. I'm not sure. But there was a point where we were going, they were adding on a whole bunch more episodes to a season, and I said, then we need to get a a pay raise and they refused and I was just in tears freaking out over it because I was just like this is not right like it's just disrespectful it's just not the industry standard yeah we're barely getting paid for this and now you just added eight more episodes on and don't want to pay us anymore for Mm -hmm. it like this is not okay and they're adding these episodes on because the show was E's biggest hit by far runaway hit and I know I remember we were tra- we were at we were in the green room for the Ryan Seacrest show getting ready to go on and it's a radio show but it's also filmed and I was having I like that a day. meltdown in the green room because that they came in that morning and told us we weren't going to get paid anymore and I was just melting down on everything I was like then I'm not doing this show I'm not doing any of it yeah and then and they were trying to get us to go out on the Ryan Seacrest show and I said I'm not doing it and even Ryan had to come in and talk to me yeah and he's like how about will you just come in and we won't put you on camera because I mean I was puffy and red and like didn't you wear sunglasses in there I don't remember if I did or not I just know that I was like a mess a mess and I was I was barely talking in there yeah and I made them yeah put take me off camera Yeah, it was crazy. And then the last part of the question was, since you were living at the mansion, were you able to basically save it all? I think we were both really good about saving and investing. I saved as much as I possibly could. You'd be crazy not to because I I just feel like that situation was so weird. And obviously I only got into it in the first place because I was in a bad situation financially and I just never wanted to find myself in that situation again. Yeah, Like, I was not blowing my money. Like, I would buy a nice thing here and there, but I was not blowing my money on, like, Beverly Hills shopping sprees. Oh, definitely not. No, (laughs) I was, like, definitely um, saving everything that I could. So, moving on to, like, fashion and beauty. 2000 Fashion asks us, where did we shop? uh, Okay, so (laughs) there wasn't, like, online shopping like we have today, sadly. But Melrose was a big one for me. Yeah, that's kind of a continuation of us talking about saving and investing as we were also, like, bargain hunters. Like, I spent a lot of time out shopping, even though I don't really like shopping, just because I wanted to find fun, appropriate stuff to wear that was really bargain basement. Like, I would go downtown to the garment district. I'd go to Melrose like cheap mall stuff from the Beverly Center and just try to get as creative as I could. Yeah. Like I would buy a nice thing for like a big event, like for nice stuff. Like I used to love shopping at Barachi, this Beverly Hills boutique in the beginning. Um, And then after that, I went through a phase where for nicer stuff, it was like all Roberto Cavalli. And then for like 
less expensive stuff. I would go to Sky on Robertson. Mm-hmm. That company that made all the dresses with like the rhinestones and stuff. Yeah. And then there was a while too, there was a company called Mandalay and I love their dresses. So I got a lot of those. They were mm-hmm. um, expensive, I thought, but reasonably priced Department for like- store. Yeah, yeah. like maybe two, three hundred dollars yeah. dresses. They make really pretty dresses But though. for like the clubs and like the everyday stuff, definitely Melrose, because Melrose has some like shops where there's like really cheapo stuff in there. Yeah, But like cute. cute. Mm-hmm. And then um, mall, but I mean, like seriously, like at the mall, when I say mall, I'm talking like Forever 21 and Wet Seal and like places like yeah. that. Like I would frequent and I would go in there like every day and I knew what stuff was new mm-hmm. what stuff was it already have that whatever yeah but they also get such new stuff in all the time so you could go in there a lot and like stock up on things princess paulina asks i have some beauty related questions you guys said that you still love being tanned how do each of you tan nowadays still the tanning beds are self-tan i'm all over the place Everything from like tanning lotion to tanning mousse to a tanning bed to being outside to spray tan. And I can't, there's pros and cons to all of them. Yeah, there are. Well, for me, I, you know what? I love sitting by the pool. It's so relaxing for me. It's one of my favorite things to do, but I know it's bad for me. So I I try to limit my time out there, but I love it in the summertime, even the springtime when the weather's just nice, sit out there and get fresh air and, and go for a swim or float. I love to float. So I get some of my tan that way. I also love to be active outside, so whether it's hiking or going on walks or whatever, which obviously gives you color. Um, Other than that, I'll use like, uh, if I'm in a pinch, I'll go get a spray tan, but I hate them. I think they stink. They don't look as good in pictures either. They make my stretch marks pop out. Like I have stretch marks on my butt that you don't see normally, but if I have a spray tan, they pop. I don't oh, know why. that's a bummer. <laughs> it's like the spray doesn't stick to like the actual stretch mark. Oh, well, spray tans I think stink. And I also just feel like they don't, they never come off of me naturally. I always look like I have leprosy or yeah. something when they're coming off. So they only, they're only good for like a few days. So that kind of bugs me. And then other than that, I use um, like body makeup, which I love. Yeah. But that has its cons too, because even Comes though it says it doesn't come <laughs> off on everything, it does. I've yeah. never met one that doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so it's all over the place. Like, if I wasn't worried about skin damage, I would do tanning beds all the time because that's the best tan. It is. Like, that's the what best looks tan. the best and that's what's easiest. But, you know, I look you know, at older people and I'm like, they've been, you know, a beach baby their whole life. Yeah. And maybe I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to be careful. And then after my tanning bed experience, like, I'm scared of tanning <gasps> salons now, too. Do you want to tell that story or no? You guys, I got a peeping Tom in my tanning bedroom one time. That's the short end of it. Did he like try to take a picture? He of had his phone over Ew. the wall and was filming me. Like you were in a regular tanning salon in LA and you're doing like the stand up tanning bed, right? Yep. And you look up and there's a dude's hand with a camera. Yep. Mm hmm. His eye, like a phone over the wall. Ew. Because they don't, the walls don't go all the way up to the ceiling because of ventilation in the tanning rooms and stuff. So he had moved a stool <gasps> and was like up putting the his lengths. phone. Yeah. And I like flipped out, of course, went running out. Well, I had to throw my clothes on mm-hmm. really quick, went running out. And there was two guys in there. There was a guy who um, was also tanning in the room next to me. 
I don't know if it, I, I assume it was him, mm-hmm. but there was also a guy that was working there. And for some reason, my stomach turned because I thought, what if it was him? Ew. I don't know. I don't know. And they had cameras. And so I was like, I want the cameras pulled. Like, I yeah. want to see who this was. Because the guy who worked there was like, oh, well, the guy that was just in here just went running out. Like, he didn't even say goodbye or anything. So it was, must have been him. And then I thought, oh, that's convenient for you to yeah, say that. Yeah, totally. Because, like, right now I'm not trusting anybody. Yeah. I even said, let me see your phone. Yeah. And he showed it to me, and it didn't look like the same phone. But, like, so many people have two separate phones. Yeah. And especially if you're going to do shady shit like that. Exactly. You know? We, I called the police. The police uh. came. They didn't do one thing. Nothing. Yeah. They asked to see the security camera footage. It was fake security cameras. Stop it right Yeah, they now. just had, like, fake cameras, but they don't really run. So... No, they had nothing. That makes me extra think it was probably the guy working there. I know, right? Because he has fake security cameras. Yeah. Ew. So, I'm, so I have never been in a tanning bed since, and I'm like still absolutely traumatized by this experience. I hate that. It's so bad. It's really bad. All right, moving on. On a lighter note. <laughs> Our next question is from, you know what, though? Can we back up for one second? Yeah. Because somebody asked, and I'm not sure. Maybe it's in our notes later. Uh-huh. And um, But I feel like it would have been with that previous question. Somebody asked about stuff like um, toothpaste and face wash and tampons. Oh, yeah, like if we had to buy and, like, that Things like we that, there. if we had to buy that kind of stuff. And I just want to say that for the most part, Yes, we did. Yeah, there were like a few things I could choose to have stocked in the master bathroom. You could, but we couldn't. Which was like one of the few perks of being the main girlfriend, but not a big perk. Because Hef had this little sundry cabinet. And I remember when I moved in there, Brian told me that, okay, here's the spaces that Tina used. And she would like request like her perfume be stocked in there. So there would be like things would be stocked. And I still keep that habit to this day. Like if I need a household item, I'll like buy three of it and like line up three in my cabinet. And it like brings me great joy to be so organized. (laughs) But yeah, I could pick like a couple things I wanted stocked in there. I mean, it's weird because there were some things that were supplied. Like there was soap in the bathroom all the time. Like I didn't, I don't remember buying soap. I mean, unless you wanted your own kind of soap, then you would have to buy it. Or otherwise you just got standard issued mansion soap (laughs) (laughs) people are gonna want to know what that soap was what was the brand i think it was just like regular old dove or ivory or something very simple um and then um but like shampoos we bought our own tampons we bought our own i bought my own uh like toothpaste um like all that kind of like necessity like anything to wash your face any of that kind of stuff you buy your own in a fantasy world, I feel like the Playboy Mansion should have, especially in the guest house, like upscale hotel toiletries with like a little label. Well, don't you think people would take them? Because there's so many people in and out of there all the yeah, time. Yeah, but it would be cool. I mean, it would not be financially reasonable for the company at all. But in a fantasy world, like when you were younger growing up and you thought of the Playboy Mansion and it being like luxurious, like I pictured walking into the grotto and you would have like stacks of like brand new towels with like a playboy bunny embroidered in the corner and like there would be plush robes everywhere with like a playboy bunny on it like i pictured it being like a four-star hotel or five-star hotel no none of that stuff was stocked (laughs) but we did start doing that stuff like we did start getting us 
you know, like the robes with the embroider for each yeah. other for Christmas yeah, and like towels and stuff. Like we did start getting stuff for each other that was like that, but that wasn't provided by the mansion. Oddly enough, the grotto, the bathhouse, and all of the bathrooms in the mansion were stocked with some things, though. Baby oil. Ew. Ew, the masturbation trays. There were trays that would be, like, in the grotto, in, like, the library bathroom, out on the tennis court, anywhere people might want to have a quickie, and there would be a tray with, like, Kleenex, baby oil, Vaseline. Lotion. Yeah, no regular healthy lube. No. No water-based, no silicone-based, just, like, the nastiest 1970s shit you could get your hands on. And for some reason, all of the bathrooms had Pepto-Bismol. People must have been and having aspirin, like crazy. generic ass aspirin, yeah. like big bottles of it. I was like, who is eating this aspirin? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Having like if you have a ton of people in and out of your house, having like a Tylenol bottle in every medicine cabinet because it's kind of basic or like Advil. But Pepto-Bismol, like were people really shitting their brains out? I don't know. <laughs> or maybe uh, like hungover. I was. Maybe. I always thought maybe it was for yeah, like hangover aspirin and Pepto-Bismol for like the hangovers that everyone's having at the mansion yeah. all the time. I don't know. Was there anything else on those that were like constantly stocked? They did stock tampons at the mansion, but they were like, like the, the generic kind that feel like you're ramming a cardboard box up right? your Right? I was always like, why these? This is, yeah. a, this is a house where a million girls come and go. Yeah. And we have these. This is the you best can't we can get the do. Playtex pearl glide or something (laughs) anyway yeah trip to Europe and we were all like going to bed in the middle of the day because we were jet lagged and we said something like puffin and you go oh buggles we're snuggles and buggles it was just like a cute yeah it was just like a off yeah it wasn't like something that we did all the time it was like a just a funny one-off type of thing no story there (laughs) That's the story. (laughs) Yeah. Another question we got from a couple of different people, both Amy and Bad Pink Tink asks, why the show Girls Next Door was called the Girls of the Playboy Mansion here in the UK? I think that's because Americans are prudes. Like, I think ideally they would have loved the show to be called Girls of the Playboy Mansion everywhere. But in America, people are so prudy and they want to run from anything. They want to consume it, but they also want to run and hide from anything like Playboy sex, nudity. So you couldn't have a show on mainstream TV that was called Girls of the Playboy Mansion. It had to have like a cute tongue-in-cheek, like, kind of double-meaning name, like Girls Next Door, which I'm glad it did. I think that's a way better name, and I'm way more proud to say I'm part of a show called The Girls Next Door, because Girls of the Playboy Mansion kind of sounds like just another Playboy Naked VHS that would have sold in the 80s. Yeah, well, and I also think, or not think, I was told this by both the producer and, like, Mary and stuff, that uh, the girl next door is a very American kind of slang thing of saying, sort of. I don't know if slang's the right word, but you know, like kind of a, uh, and it, it may not translate in other countries. Like they may that not. That makes sense. They, like it means like a, like a wholesome girl you would have grown up with who's kind of cute. Yeah, not literally the girl next door. So even, and I know that this has been debated on, I've seen it debated on social media before um, that other English-speaking languages would also think of it the same way, but I think they didn't think they would. That it, I don't think they thought it would translate, even even in the UK, that yeah. the girls next door 
what they were really saying by that. And sex sells a little bit more shamelessly in some places overseas. So you can just be like, girls will be women and we. And when I think of that title, I remember a playmate, Amber Campisi, told me that she was traveling somewhere. It was a South American country, I forget which. But she had the TV on in her hotel room on E or whatever network it ran on there. And anytime they would have a commercial for Girls Next Door, they would call it Girls of the Playboy Mansion. But the way the announcer would say it, she would say it, Girls of the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> and she would repeat that all the time. So now, and we thought it was funny. So now anytime somebody says Girls of the Playboy Mansion, I cannot think of it in my head any other way but Girls of the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss Amber. We need to have her on the show. At she some said point she'd too. come on. So yes. when it when it when it fits with the episodes, we are finding you, Amber. We're tracking you down. Yeah. And bring some pizza with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All things. Carrie, was anything, was there anything you flat out refused to film for the show? Any setup scenes or ideas you just totally refused? Um, that's the first part of the question. Do you have one? I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can think of some related things. I remember there was a spooky episode where we were visiting haunted places and they wanted us to go see Marilyn Monroe's grave and also the gravesite Hef bought and I refuse to do it because I'm like how am I supposed to react in a way that's appropriate like this is somebody I'm with who I care about and I'm going to look at where he's going to be buried like how am I supposed to react to that on camera yeah like that's creepy and weird so I absolutely refuse to do that other than that I can't think of anything I refuse to film it's weird because something's nagging at me like there was something. There, I'm sure there was over the years. Yeah, but like nothing that's popping into my head. One thing I remember that's kind of related is I remember when we were sitting down for our confessional interviews, there was a time when one of the, one of the producers was trying to get me to say something. And it was something to the effect of like me being jealous of another girl or me being really possessive of Hef. It was some kind of a situation like that. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to say that because I don't feel that way. And she kept hammering at me to try and get me to say like, come on, Holly. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you feel that way. Yes, you do. And I was getting so angry, like quit trying to fucking gaslight me into thinking I feel that way when I fucking don't just because you need it for your stupid storyline. Yeah. I was pissed. I think there were definitely times like that where they were like, can you say this or that or whatever? And I'm like, no, because I don't feel it. I don't feel that way about it. So I think there were definitely things like that. But I also feel like there were things that they were like, we should do this. And I was like, uh, no, I don't want to yeah. do that. And just, they're not coming to me at the moment. Well, Hef wanted us to shoot Playmate videos. That is and true. And I turned him down. Flat. He goes, you know, you guys should, we should do an episode where you guys shoot Playmate style videos. And I go, no, I don't want to do that. And he, it was probably the first time I really stuck up for myself at the mansion. And he just looked like somebody had slapped him in the face. But I never liked the Playmate videos. I thought they were kind of hokey and a little more sexual than what I wanted to do. And I was just like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, this one's from Amy. Hi, Holly and Bridget. I would love to know if you had to get into a time machine and travel back to relive one girl's next episode, which one would you each choose and why? That is such a good question. And I feel like there's so many episodes, I'm probably forgetting something. But when I first read this question, the first one that popped to my mind, and I don't even know what episode it is, it's somewhere in season five, but it's the one where me, you, and a bunch of playmates go to New York for the 55th anniversary playmates search so fun that was just the first thing that popped into my mind because it was just us like there wasn't like hef looking over our shoulders there wasn't like 
are we getting along with Kendra today or are we not? It was just us and some playmates and it was so much fun and we got to travel and we had a blast and it was just like, not the, and when I say that about like Hef and Kendra, it's not like we never had fun with them or, you know, when I watch this show, believe it or not, when I rewatch this, there's actually way more good memories with Kendra than bad ones, but it was just, that trip to New York was just so nice and so fun and it was just honestly like the first thing that popped to my head when I read this question. Yeah, it would be nice. It would be even more fun if they had yellow mustard, but I know. we'll get into that. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, for me, okay, so you guys, I have not rewatched all these episodes. I'm literally doing it as we go. So I am only at like episode five still, which is coming up. So I I feel like once I rewatch all of these that I will have new new ideas, yeah. a, new, a new answer to this question. But right now, what comes up to me is um, is doing the burlesque for Hef's 80th birthday. Like, yeah. I loved building the cake with Captain Bob and decorating it with Lori the baker and sewing the bows and the outfit and, and rehearsing with Catherine Delish and, like... Do performing it like I loved all of that so much that I would do it again in a heartbeat. I wish they would have shown more of the cake construction because they kind of make it look like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, see, I haven't wa- rewatched that yeah. episode, so I don't know how much they show or how little. But like, there was a lot that went into that with me personally, but also reaching out to so many people that are fun in the episode, yeah. like Captain Bob and Lori, and just you know, so many people involved in making that happen. Yeah, and everything like that so all the negativity and all the people like um like picking apart every little thing like if your hair isn't right Mm -hmm. if you (laughs) take a bad picture like just everything they don't like your outfit everything 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 you say everything you do just scrutinize yeah and like photographers especially like when you have kids like it's not cool like you don't want people taking pictures of your kids when you're visiting their grandmother's grave and then um one of the tabloids decides to publish that cool thanks ew no 100 percent. it was one of the tabloids published a picture of me and my kids which I haven't posted my kids faces on social media since they were really little because it felt kind of different when they were babies yeah but then when they get to like preschool age and they're out in the world I'm like well I want to protect their privacy more um but yeah a tabloid published a picture of me with the kids in a cemetery visiting their grandmother's grave and I had no idea my photo was being taken that is so bad. Class act, guys. That is so bad. And the good for me, though, like I have a really th- a thing that I think is so good about it is that I literally feel like I have friends everywhere I go. Yeah, the connecting with people is great. It's kind of like the same conundrum with social media. Like there's so many great advantages to having that reach and being able to connect with people. Like I feel like I have like virtual friends I've made on TikTok, like as stupid as that sounds. No, it's not stupid. I, every city I go in, like I feel like, oh, I know I know somebody here. Like, yeah. I know people here. People have told me to go here. People said they want to take me here and there. Like I feel like I can reach out to people and be like, hey, I'm here and I want to, I want to go to that haunted place or take me to see that to get that pie that you were talking yeah. about or like whatever that milkshake whatever yeah you know? I do love that part of it but there's also like a reason I don't go to like red carpet events anymore and things like that like there's a side to fame that I don't really care to pursue anymore yeah but I do love connecting with you guys and I love doing this podcast it's kind of like a 
you know, you take the good, you leave the bad. <laughs> take what make it make it work for you. That's what I have to say about fame. Make it work for you. All right, the next one is from Only Lindsay. I know your contracts were bogus when they finally gave you official contracts, and the dynamics of your relationship made it difficult to speak up. Did they make you aware that uncensored nudity would be shown on the DVDs? Was it surprising or bothersome to you? And does it bother you today? Um, and then she goes on to say it really bothered me when I did a rewatch a handful of years ago, thinking about you all. Not fully consenting to it i love that this conversation is coming full circle and yeah it bothered me then it bothers me even more now i don't even remember when i was first made aware that the nudity wasn't going to be blurred in some places do you remember i'm not sure that i remember either but i just know that the in the last episode we talked about it a little bit because that's the mm -hmm. first time that there's any kind of nudity and i fully was under the impression that it was going to be blurred me too i just thought this is for a mainstream cable channel it's totally going to be blurred there's no way they can show any of this like so. i thought it was all funny when we did our first photo shoot to walk around naked and be like yeah I walk around naked all the time because i thought that was funny and when you're doing it in front of like professional camera people and the people that work at the mansion who see that kind of thing every day and they're totally professional and you don't have anything to worry about it's fine but I was not thinking I was going to be uncensored broadcast around the world or in DVDs in everyone's home yeah never never thought it, it it's so gross like it even kind of irritates me like people will tag me in pictures on Instagram where they screenshot like my naked ass from the show and I'm like okay guys move along and we weren't aware that anything was ever going to be unblurred anywhere until we were done shooting at least the first half of season one. So that's our first whole pictorial, you know? Yeah, and by then, it's like it's done. Like, it's out yeah, there. Yeah, so by then, there were other times when I was naked in front of the camera, and I'm like, well, fucking this genie's already out of the bottle. Yeah, but I feel like it was even later than that. I feel like it was later than the first half of the first season yeah because the dvd wouldn't have come out until like at well after the first season was done airing let alone and being we were shot. probably already well into the second season yeah and i don't know when it started airing overseas or when we were aware that it was nude overseas i don't think i knew that for a long time yeah me either because i mean how would we know that yeah. you know okay bridget what happened to winnie and gizmo when you moved out that's a weird question to me because i'm like those are my kids like came with me like what do you mean what happened to them i think people feel like if they're not constantly seeing updates on social media that things don't exist like but i can't kind of even before instagram it's this was true before twitter but i think people feel like if they're not seeing it it's not there anymore like i can't tell you how many times haters love to say i'm never with my kids because i don't use them as social media and tv props mm, yeah well um obviously they came home with me yeah and um, were totally loved when I was shooting my beaches show. My parents would, they were on grandparent duty and they loved it. So we'd meet halfway because they live in Northern California and they would take Winnie and Gizmo for me and spoil them and then bring them back all spoiled, just like regular grandkids. They're also asking who named your pets and what are the reasons behind their names? Oh, uh, well, I named them. Um, Gizmo was named, you know, the gremlins, of course. Like, she looked like a little <laughs> gremlin. And then um, Wednesday was named because of Wednesday Adams from the Adams family. A lot of people say, oh, did you get her on a Wednesday? That's what I get all the time. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Drives me crazy. Um, no, but 
Wednesday Adams, and I always thought, oh, I wanted a daughter named Wednesday, but I got a dog, so I named her Wednesday, and I thought I'll name my daughter Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cute. My sister was thinking about using Tuesday as a name. I think for it's, a while. it's so it's cute. so cute. I love it. Did you have to get permission from Hef to get a pet? I feel like I always asked. I always ask too. It's his home, so I don't yeah. want to just like bring a, a new pet in and be like, "Oh, you don't have a choice in this matter." Yeah, he probably wouldn't have said no because he's such an animal lover. He but. would have never have said no, but definitely just out of courtesy, I always. I mean, it's not like I brought so many people, so many yeah, pets in. Exactly. I asked if I could bring my cat, which I already had, and then I asked to get a dog. So um, those were my two. Oh, and I had a rabbit for a while too. Yeah. Um, so I did ask to have the rabbit there too. Can I tell a story about naming? Because I asked about naming the pets. I had a rabbit too. You had Boo and I got a black rabbit. And I remember when I decided to take that rabbit in, Hef goes, we're going to name him Blackie after a character in a Clark Gable movie. Because obviously like Hef is like a huge classic film fan. And in the 1930s, Clark Gable did a movie about a character called Boston Blackie, which I think is like a mobster or something I'm not even sure and I was like oh well what about I forget what my name was it goes nope we'll call him Blackie but I was horrified because that name doesn't sound like what he picked it for oh oh I I don't think I ever ever like really called that pet by its name or like broadcast oh yeah I was like oh god And if you're wondering what happened to the rabbits, um, we actually rescued those rabbits from somebody. And then eventually we felt bad that they were in their little cages and stuff. And we put them in the big rabbit enclosures outside with all of yeah. the, the, the they stuff were, and gave them like a better life outside. But we into, kept them inside for a little bit. Yeah. Put into a better world. And then remember all those rabbits we rescued that somebody dumped down at the park? Yes. There was, so there was a park called Holmby Park near the mansion. And Bridget spotted like all these rabbits. Yeah, I was out on my hike one day and I was walking by and there was just rabbits everywhere. Everywhere. And one of them was like weird looking, like he had really chunky fur, like he'd he looked like he'd been attacked or something. And he was really like hiding in the bushes. So we rescued him and I named him Puppy because his hair was so disheveled and weird. He kind of looked like a Maltese or something. <laughs> and I was so sad because he passed away. Like we couldn't save him. Yeah, he was I sick. cried so. I loved that rabbit. But we captured a whole bunch of them and brought them back to the mansion. Remember Butterscotch? Yeah, there were some cute Oh my God. Ones. There was a rabbit that was Butterscotch color so we named him Butterscotch and he was just so cute. But you guys, I don't know what was going on, but somebody was dumping these rabbits at the park. Like, I don't know if they were doing experiments on them or if they were just letting them breathe like crazy and then got out of control. Like, I don't know what happened, but we rescued as many as we possibly could. And I remember, I think it was Puppy was like hiding near the Spellings gate. And I remember I'm like in their bushes and then their gate, like their security goes, excuse me, miss, what are you doing? (laughs) No, we were on a mission to get Puppy. And I think at one point we set a trap, like a humane trap, yes. but like a trap to get puppy. Yeah, that's how we got him. He was in there. Yeah. <laughs> that's the stuff that should have been on the show. I feel like that would have been cute. Yeah. They, yeah. I think they, somebody had a theory that somebody was like raising these rabbits to be sold to like, to be fed to like pythons and stuff. <gasps> and then they had to dump them. Ugh, yeah. That's so sad. Well, I anyway, know. they got a good a good home at the Playboy Mansion, but there was a bunch. Like we were executed a bunch. And we're not talking like two or three, you guys. We're talking about like a lot of rabbits. You know what that excursion reminds me of? So the mansion was right next door to the Los Angeles Country Club. I know what you're gonna and say. And you could kind of see the gate next to our front gate. And we would drive home every night in the limo and we'd look out there wasted and be like, 
I see bones. Yeah. In the corner of the Los Angeles Country Club, I see a rib cage. And we were so intrigued by it for so long, we finally decided to like jump the fence yeah, or something. Yeah, we trespassed over there. Yeah, and it was a palm frond. It was like a dried up palm frond that just looked like a rib cage, but, but we, we thought were, we were on to something. We totally thought we thought we were, we were true crime detectives. Yes. <laughs> we were going to we were going to find the body. do you ladies have pets now we know holly's dog because he's on the podcast shout out to louie sometimes lol but are there more louie's passed out right here behind me right now louie's my only pet my kids with their dad have some other pets so i feel like my pet life is a little bit larger than just one dog but i just have louie he's like 13 i rescued him in vegas like 11 years ago I have, uh, well, my Winnie passed away. Oh, Gizmo and Winnie have passed away. People keep asking me about them. They think we have the world's oldest animals. Yeah. Where are your dogs? <laughs> yeah, Gizmo passed away a while ago now, um, and Winnie passed away two years ago. I'm still devastated Aww. by it, um, so I cannot get another dog yet. Um, uh, but I have two cats. One of They're both rescues. One of them was found in a dumpster. <laughs> but he looks like a purebred Siamese. He's like Whoa. gorgeous. And um, he's a little bit more Nick's cat than my cat. But then Nick found um, a kitten on the railroad tracks. Aww. And it was like midnight. He was working down there. And he calls me. And all I hear on the other end of the phone is And he's like, I don't know what to do. I just found this kitten. And I said, I'm running to get food. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's like, "Okay, I'm on my way home. And then, um, yeah, they didn't have any kitten food at the grocery store, which is the only thing open at like 1230 (laughs) in the morning. So I just grabbed cat food, wet cat food. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) And um, he brings this kitten home. It's so dirty. He's got tar (laughs) on him. Poor thing. And and we open up the can of food and he was just chowing down on it like he's never eaten in his life. He was so little. And then the vet came and looked at him and said, um, he has a really bad nasal infection. He's really sick. I'm going to give him some antibiotics and some fluids, but I only give him a 50-50 chance to live. So I was like, yeah, I was giving him medicine and taking care of him. And um, yeah, now he's my boy. And I'm serious. I cannot leave the room without him running. He he follows me everywhere I go. I hear him like on your voice memos sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) if I go in the bathroom and shut the door, he's outside screaming. Oh my gosh jiggling the doorknob one of these days is gonna figure out how to open it and just let himself in he is a character i started laughing when you're telling that story because i was thinking about our story about the skeleton slash palm frond and i love how we don't call the police we just jump the fence and investigate ourselves well good thing we did it we're like there's a body and they're like there's no body ladies (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) so did you ever get to go home and visit family question mark holidays My family usually would come to Southern California and visit because like Disneyland vacations were kind of our thing and they thought it was more fun to come here than me go back to Oregon. But I don't think I would have gone back to visit my family. I was terrified to leave. I thought my shit would be like at the back gate waiting for me if I was ever gone for more than two days or that I would be kicked out and somebody else would be the girlfriend. That was just how I was conditioned because of what I saw during the first three or four months I lived there. Yeah. Terrified. I didn't go home right away, but eventually I did. And then I would go home. I mean, 
fairly regularly. I say that hesitantly because not as regularly as I would go home now. Yeah. I definitely felt monitored and like I couldn't just leave all the time. Um, And I definitely couldn't leave at two times too close together. Yeah. Well, you were guilted for going to a funeral once. Yeah. So you really had to pick and choose like when... Um, when and what what was worth it to go up for. So, um, and then, yeah, your time was limited. Like, you could only have a few days, and then you needed to get back. Yeah. Um, and holidays, I don't think, I mean, except for when my grandpa happened to die on Thanksgiving weekend, or, like, the, the week of Thanksgiving, and so th- I was home for Thanksgiving for that. I don't think I was really ever home for the holidays. The holidays always needed to be spent at the mansion. Oh, yeah, that was the, that was known. Like, you couldn't go home for Christmas. Yeah, but there were a few times, I think, that I was able to get my parents to come up yeah. for, like, Thanksgiving. Giving maybe I don't know if they ever came for Christmas because we have a really big extended family that uh-huh. and we all get together so I think they felt obligated to spend it with their parents and siblings yeah. and stuff but I think um, there were some holidays that I got them to come up. It's just so organic because of our 20-year friendship and because we were at the mansion for almost the exact same period of time and we just are both so open to talking about anything and I know what your work ethic is like both of us have really crazy schedules right now but we managed to make it work and I know if I need to re-record on something because of a sound issue like you're down to do it and we make it work like we do everything on this podcast except for ad sales like it's completely like produced and done entirely by us and I would never do this podcast with anyone else. I wouldn't want to do any kind of podcast with anyone who doesn't have your style of work ethic. So that's just how organic the whole thing is. Like we've always said, like Kendra's welcome to come on if there's anything she wants to clarify. But I just don't think it would be the same. Like I know from a viewer standpoint, like obviously it seems ideal to have everyone's point of view. But I don't even think from what I know from what I hear that Kendra's really in a place where she's very reflective about this experience and she doesn't want to talk about it which is a hundred percent fine I don't think anybody should have to talk about a period in their life just because it was lived publicly they don't owe anyone anything and I feel for her in the fact that I've gone through years-long phases of my life like two separate phases where I did not want to talk about it like I wanted to completely separate myself from Playboy never mention it And people don't let you forget it. Like if you're trying to promote anything else or do anything, it's the only thing people want to ask you about. Yeah. So that sucks. And I feel for her on that level. But that's kind of where it is. It's like, this is just so organic for me and Bridget to do right now. It's just like the right time for us. And we're both committed to talking about anything on here and being 100% honest. And nothing about this is fabricated or gimmicky you know? Right. So that's just the answer to that. But once again, she can come on. Yeah, I'd love to have her on. Are we still friends with Carmela? Yes. And in fact, I was talking to her yeah. last night and she is, do we want to give it away? We're trying to get her to come on the show. So we will see. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to know about her affiliation with WWE Diva. So, you know, we'll ask her about all that stuff. Yeah. Some of you are asking about Audra too, and we would love Audra to come on and tell her story. Yeah. So we have lots of guests planned for you guys. There, oh, also, while we're talking about that mm-hmm. possible future guest, oh, there were a ton of questions about Anastasia, and I took them all out because we are going to have Anastasia on the podcast so she can answer all of those questions when um, she comes on. So you can yeah. get ready for that. We're keeping them on deck. Phoebe asks, I have a question about the mean girls. Is there any legal reason why you protect their names? I mean, it doesn't sound like you all could ever patch things up in the future, so I'm curious why the protection. 
For me, the reason I don't say their names is because as far as where those women are at in life now, like I hope they've evolved. I hope they're doing better. Like it's not about me trying to like get revenge or like pin anything on them or anything like that. So I don't, I feel like throwing their names out there would be kind of petty at this point. But I do tell the stories about the mean girls and the bullying because I feel like it's such a huge part of Bridget's and my life there. Mm -hmm. It's such a huge part of like what we went through. It's an exemplary part of like how Hef pitted us against each other. It's just such an important dynamic to talk about. So we do tell the stories, but we'll use fake names or use nicknames because it's like I'm not trying to hurt anybody now you know like I don't want one of the mean girls even though they were not nice to me and even though some of them still talk so much shit publicly to this day like it's not in my interest to put one of their names out there so like when you google them the first thing you see is that story I told on last week's episode yeah like I'm not trying to do that because people do that to me and it's stupid so there's it's just Honestly, they're not even that important. Right. (laughs) And I know, trust me, I know there's people trying to figure out who they are. And if I were a listener to a podcast like this, I would be that detective online. Well, some people have nailed it. Yeah, trying to figure (laughs) out who it is. But we're really careful not to say names or not to give away any specifically identifying characteristics. Yeah. It's just kind of our way of still telling the story and still talking about what we've been through, but take the high road at the same time. Right. And some people want to hear more Mean Girl stories, and we might do like a special Patreon on that. Obviously, not giving away identities, but just telling funny stories. Yeah, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Thrashy asks, hi, Bridget. What can y'all tell us about Hef's brother, Keith? Was he nice? Okay, so I always got along with Keith. Yeah, he was always a perfect gentleman to me. Yeah, I thought he was always a really nice guy. I mean, obviously, um, I don't know. He did have girlfriends. I don't know what went on with all of that kind of thing or how he was in those relationships. Um, But as far as um, just knowing him at the mansion, everything was fine. I only had one weird thing with him. I know. Do you want to tell that story? Yeah. (laughs) And this, we're telling the story because men, if there's any men listening, take note. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Keith always liked to have a big hug when he would come over for dinner or whatever. And I didn't mind hugging him. It wasn't like weird or anything like that. Like I would give him a big hug. I hugged everybody that came in. Yeah. We loved Keith. Yeah. And, um, but he would wear this cologne and it was so strong that every time I hugged him, like before dinner, all through dinner, all I could smell was his cologne in my hair. Oh no. And then all through the movie, I would smell his cologne. Like just, and the, even after the movie, it was just I, my hair, everything had his cologne on it. And so I started to try and avoid doing the hug. And I would just be like, oh, hi, Keith. Good to see you. Did I keep walking? Well, one day he pulled me aside and said, I'm really hurt that you don't give me a hug anymore. <laughs> and I just wanted to know if there's something I did or to offend you or whatever. But that's so sweet of him to ask. Like he noticed is something different and he's like and he has communication skills and right that was nice it was nice but I felt so awkward and weird about it but I so I was just honest with him I said you know what Keith it has nothing to do with you personally and not wanting to give you a hug it's just um that your cologne is really strong and it gets in my hair and on my clothes and then I I that's all I smell for the rest of the night and it really bothers me and so that's the only reason and he looked so hurt and so offended. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't wanna, I would have never said anything to you unless you asked me like this, but like, I'm, you know, 
sorry. But he was very hurt and offended by Aww. it. Also, Keith's cologne, it was like this evergreen smell. <laughs> and back in those days, soaring over California in Disney California Adventure, they used to have like the footage of California and you would smell the smells and there was like a pine tree scene. Mm-hmm. And anytime the smell would come on, I would be like, Keith. Yeah, we would say Keith. And then anytime yeah. you would see the cowboys riding, I would go, Dickie Bam, because he was so into cowboys. <laughs> yeah. But Keith was like a really interesting character. He was like a classically trained actor and he was always very like well-spoken mm-hmm. and... Oh, somebody asked, what was the day-to-day conversation with Hef like? Did he ask you about anything deep, your hopes, your goals, or just surface-level stuff? Completely surface. Yeah. And I feel like he just wanted girls to be there and, like, fit his standard and be cute and live his lifestyle. And he only knew probably about two or three things about each of his girlfriends, if that. And it was kind of like cutesy stuff that you would see in like a Playmate data sheet, like where are you from? Or what did you study in school? Maybe. If he knew anything about us or our hopes or our dreams, it's because we wouldn't fucking shut up about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like he probably knew you would love to be in a horror movie, but because you talked about it a lot, not because he asked. And it's funny because one of the mean girls had like written something mean about me at one point and she said that she was never like allowed to have deep conversations with Hef because I was always in the way which is bullshit because I was out doing my own thing during the day running errands like and during those times she had to track him down to like get her allowance or whatever so it's not like I was by Hef's side 24 7 or anything like that it's because girl he didn't want to talk to you like I have a phrase to introduce to your vocabulary it's called if he wanted to he would like no woman is standing in the way of Hef having a deep conversation with another woman that's just not how it works so there you go Bridget what prompted the carpet removal in your room well okay so you know what's weird I my room went under two different renovations Uh and for some reason I have trouble keeping straight what I did in which each one and also it's hard because in girls next door later on you'll see that the continuity is so off and like one day you'll have carpet and the next episode you won't and then the next episode you have carpet again yeah so that carpet was the later one I can tell you that because first it was like the walls and the sconces okay and then carpet and like all your big wardrobe cabinets were the second one okay oh I just loved the first one so much because I got to sleep in the guest house the whole time they were were painting um okay the carpet I think just because it was now officially just like my room period and I just wanted that carpet was really old and it was like white and or had been white at one time (laughs) and a lot of people had been tromping through and coming through there and I just wanted something cleaner and nicer and hardwood something that was easier to like keep clean because my room Mm -hmm. was also like the party room like everybody would come and hang out lots of food lots of drinks lots of hairstyling and makeup artist stuff going on and it just was not the right room for white carpet so I wanted just I, I was pretty confident that there were hardwood floors underneath there which there were Mm -hmm. and I thought that would be so much better and then I mean I like a rug on the floor but I can put like a nice big rug in there and not have wall-to-wall carpet in there can I cut in to say that white carpet was not the right carpet for any room there yet he insisted on it for all the other bedrooms besides his own which is such a strange choice yeah Because we all had pets. And when you live in a house that big, no matter how well-trained your dogs are, sometimes it's just, it's like living in an apartment. Like sometimes it's hard to get them out at the right time or they really have to be trained with like the pee pads and stuff like that. So it was just not 
the right choice for any room. Yeah. But for some reason, he ins- he could he would only let a girl have white carpet. That's so weird. I didn't even know that he would yeah. only let him have white. So somebody asked if you wanted something specific to eat at the mansion, could you order it? Yeah, you were allowed to order whatever you want any time of the day the only limit you had is if they just didn't have that item in stock like they weren't going to run to the grocery store you could request it for later yeah but they weren't going to like run to the grocery store at that moment and somebody asked if there was a menu no they the i wish i know the chefs would make a menu for like pool parties or luncheons or things like that but there wasn't a general menu and then somebody asked who paid for it um, I would say for parties and stuff, that was Playboy, but Hef paid for his personal, like his girlfriend's food, and it was really expensive, and I believe the company decided on the price because I remember Mary complaining to me about it once, and they're like, they charge him $45 for a burger. Wow. So in my mind, I always think of the mansion burger as the $45 burger. Whoa, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Somebody asked, where did we collect our mail at the mansion? There were like mailbox slots in the pantry, like right by where the butlers answered the phone. So our mail would just get stuck in there. Yeah, it would all get taken to security. Then security would walk it up and then it would get sorted into our boxes. Also, somebody asked, if you could go back and change one thing about living at the mansion, what would it be? And for me, I kind of had like, a few big ones come up that I would like to change. But if I had to answer one thing that I think would have just affected the overall experience to make it better is I would just want it to be a cast of girls that actually got along, that Hef couldn't pit against each other. Like there was this picture I was picking out for later on our Patreon where it's like a holiday picture and it's just me, you, Crystal Camden, Stacy Burke, and Audra. And I remember sending you that picture and being, this should have been the group. Like if it would have been us living there, like we would have had fun nonstop. Right. It Would wouldn't it? have been any bullshit. Like half might have tried, but hopefully we wouldn't have let it get in there. Talk about security at parties. Was there security to ensure no random people walked into the bedrooms or offices? I have a good story about this. So yes, for parties, they always had a security person at the bottom of every staircase to make sure no extra people went up. Even the secret back staircase, there was a guy sitting there. But one time during a big party, I went up to the master bedroom to use the bathroom and I kind of left the door ajar a little bit because I was wasted. It was I did just didn't think about shutting it all the way. I didn't need to. There's security right down at the bottom of the stairs. But this couple somehow got up past security. And I don't want to say who it was, but it was a professional wrestler and his wife or his partner. And they walk into Hef's bedroom. And I just remember feeling like when I came out of the bathroom and saw them in the bedroom, I was just so, first of all, I was wasted. And second of all, I just felt like there was an intruder. So I was alarmed. Like, this is my bedroom. This is Hef's space. Who are these people? Yeah. I don't recognize the guy as a wrestler because I don't watch wrestling. I was like, what are you guys doing in here? You need to like, how did you guys get in? And the guy got pissed at me and I started get panicking more like, get out, like screaming. And he was like, the door was open. Like yelling at me like he had a fucking right to be in there. So finally they, I kept screaming at them and they left. And security never like came or anything? Didn't hear anything going no, on? No, they just walked out and I you know, told people afterward that this person came up I remember you telling me about it at the time, but like hearing it again, I'm like, it's so scary. Yeah, which in hindsight, I kind of don't really blame them because if you're coming to the Playboy Mansion and you don't know like how public is this place versus how private, like I think I told this story before about how the first time my dad came to visit, he goes, oh, does Hef really live here? Like people don't really know. Is it a home? Is it a business address? What is it? So I can see if you're at a party, like 
I would go upstairs if the security took a minute away and I'd look around and if the door was open, I'd walk in. But from my perspective at that time, I was like, oh my God, a fucking intruder. See, I would never go upstairs. It's somebody's house. Even if I wasn't sure if it was like corporate or what, unless they were like, yeah, you can go upstairs and yeah. take a look around. Like I would never, never do that. Well, I have one story, but it wasn't during a party. Uh-huh. But like I went, I was gone somewhere overnight and I came home the next day. And this was on a regular weekend at the mansion. I came home the next day and this is when it was just my room by the way we didn't lock our doors or anything because we didn't need to I walk in and there's a drunk ass girl asleep in my bed (gasps) oh no and I was so pissed because this is my room this is all my stuff like this is my bed and this drunk ass girl's like passed out in my bed and I tried to wake her up and she wouldn't she wouldn't wake up because she's like passed out and so I ran down to the butlers and I was like what what the fuck like why is this girl sleep in my bed and they were like oh well I think she thought it was still the guest bedroom and I'm like there's only one bed in there now and it's clearly someone's bedroom like I don't think she made that mistake like I and security had to come and like rustle her out of bed and like get rid of her but I was like so grossed out by it and then I asked for everything to be changed in my room like all the sheets changed and I'm like ew another person asked and this kind of ties into the last story where did everyone use the bathroom at the big parties well for all the guests they had to use either the tiny restroom that was near the front door in the great hall or the restrooms out in the bathhouse I don't even think normal guests got to use that that was more oh, like really? Hef's inner circle because I think oh, that I think the there. living room was kind of guarded off oh, okay well the bathhouse had like what five bathrooms in it four bathrooms in it I don't even know if it's that many I think it was only like three so there were very limited bathrooms for this huge ass party and then there was the game house yeah to, if which you, but that was way on the other end of the property and I remember feeling like one of the biggest perks about being a girlfriend at those parties is you got to go upstairs and use your own restroom yeah because when I was a guest at the mansion parties before I moved in I used to love coming to the parties but one of the reasons I wouldn't stay very long is because the bathroom situation was a nightmare and you know I was 21 when I was coming to these parties so I love to have a drink and I'm also one of those people who asked to pee when I have to drink and the lines for the bathroom were just so fucking long Mm -hmm. and that was a big part of the reason I didn't stay very long because it was just uncomfortable yeah well it was definitely a perk of living there or staying there if you were like a playmate and stayed at the mm-hmm. mansion like you had your own bathroom you could run yeah. to I remember even like um at one point like at the very very end obviously you guys when I was with Nick I asked Hef if we could go upstairs and use his bathroom yeah. instead of like go and he was like yeah so like Nick and I and, and even at the very very last party Nick came upstairs to use my bathroom in my bedroom when it was still my room yeah so like that's how critical it is I know totally and then somebody asked were there ever drag queens at the mansion you two are my unofficial drag moms thank you you know what I don't think there ever were drag queens at the mansion I wish because I what a waste what a waste because like seeing a well-dressed drag queen at a party makes the party 10 times better (laughs) like there's a couple people who would come to Pasquale's festivals my ex-husband's festivals and I was so excited to see them every time because they would do these amazing costumes like a very club kid drag look and I would be so excited to see them every time it's just like the biggest mood lifter yeah and I feel like when I saw that question I was like there wasn't really any gay presence at the mansion which is surprising because I don't feel like Hef was homophobic at all But I just think society in general was homophobic. Mm, That could be. Because there wasn't really a gay presence. Like, there was 
a lot of like girl on girl encouraged in mansion life, but that was strictly for the male gaze. But I feel like if anybody wanted to throw a cool big party like that, you'd keep people on the list just because they showed up in amazing drag. Right. Like what a loss. (laughs) So this last question I wanted to include just because I like to rant about it. So somebody asked me on Instagram, you guys have way more fans than haters, which is awesome. But one thing that all the haters keep commenting on is that supposedly Holly really wanted to settle down and be married and have kids with Hef. And this was publicly known. That's why you went your separate ways and were upset that he married Crystal. Can you comment on this and clear the air? Because people are calling you out for repeatedly saying and acting like you wanted kids with him, but then only secretly being there for your career. This isn't from me because I love you and Bridget, but I want to see these comments shut down. I feel like people who write stuff like that and who have paid any attention to like this podcast and stuff, they know those things aren't true, but they like hate me for some reason and are just trying to find a reason to villainize me like you're such a liar. And the reason this is so annoying to me is nothing listed off there is true. And also it speaks to the dichotomy of like we live in this society where women are expected to do it all. We're told that we need to have kids, raise them ourselves with zero screen time, keep our husbands happy in the bedroom, kill it in the corporate world, look hot, work out every day and have an amazing body and not age. Like that's kind of what society is telling women we need to do and you know, women wanna have it all and women wanna have a family and a career. But I say I want a family or a career in any time in Girls Next Door history. And people are like, lies, you can't do both at once. Mutually exclusive, you must be lying. And it's like, no, I wanted both. I still want both, I have both. And let, just let me go through and like say how all of this is false that people are saying. Break it down for yeah, us. Yeah, I will it break down. it down. Haters keep commenting as supposedly Holly really wanted to settle down and be married and have kids. Not supposedly, I did. It was overplayed in the show. Like I felt like that was the only personality trait they gave me. And I would play along with it a lot of times too because I thought it was funny to like tease Hef about it sometimes. Overplayed on the show, but it was true. It wasn't a supposedly. And then they said, and this was publicly known. That's why you went your separate ways. That's not why. It was a factor when we tried to do IVF and he was deemed infertile. And I was like, okay, so either I stay here and commit to this relationship and don't have kids or I leave after I feel like I've invested so much in this relationship and try to have kids. So that was a factor and that was definitely like probably the foundation of me eventually deciding I wanted to leave. But the deciding factor of me wanting to leave is he got incredibly verbally abusive at the end. And I was just like, I can't take this anymore. Like I can't deal with it. Like I went through this relationship where it was like all gaslighting and love bombing in the beginning. And then it got really hard and really bad during the Mean Girls era. But then things got better during the Girls Next Door era. So I have hope like, oh, things can get better. And then they got worse again. And I'm like, I can't do this again. I can't go back to the bad. I can't do it. And then they say, I was upset that he married Crystal. I was never upset that he married Crystal. I remember when I heard he proposed, and I'm curious if you felt the same way too, Bridget. I was a little bit concerned for him. Mm-hmm. Just because I felt like, and I don't know how long Hef and Crystal knew each other before they got engaged. Like, I can't keep track of the timeline. I just know that I was like living life full throttle, like super busy. So my sense of time was probably warped and it probably seemed like they knew each other for two months before they got engaged. But I just remember thinking, wow, you know, someone with Hef's money and being as old as he is and aging as rapidly as he was at that time, like, 
he really needs to get to know somebody before he like I remember thinking oh that's probably you know a bad decision and that's not anything on Crystal I didn't know Crystal I would have thought that no matter who he was engaged to I was just like oh this feels bad to me did you feel that way when you heard the news I did I I thought it felt bad to me too so I found it a little concerning but it wasn't any of my business at that point. Yeah. I just remember at that phase in my life, I was so happy to be out of the relationship. And for a long time after I left, I still felt really guilty for leaving for some reason, even though in hindsight, I shouldn't have because he didn't treat me the best. But that was just how I'd been conditioned over the years. And because I had cared about him for so long, I did feel really guilty. And I just really wanted him to move on. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was still staying in room five at the mansion, I was just like, can you please move on? So I just don't feel guilty. And so he's not like knocking on the door and trying to have convo anymore yeah you know so that's not even true that I was upset that he married Crystal and then they say people are calling you out for repeatedly saying and acting like you wanted kids I wasn't acting like I wanted kids I did want kids and I went on to have kids so that was a true thing and then saying but I'm only secretly there for my career like I always wanted a career I was always very career oriented that was not a secret between me and half like there were times when I would break down crying having conversations with him saying like I really feel like I need to work he knew I wanted a career that was no secret and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be married and have kids and also wanting a career right that was one of the problems with my girls next door characters they were like okay Bridget wants a career you care about half it's like well Bridget cares about half in her own way too and I want a career too like it's just frustrating and it's frustrating to me not that I really care what haters think and I'm not here to like babysit everyone's opinion on me but since I was asking for questions and since I'm answering them yeah there's nothing wrong with wanting both a family and a romantic life and wanting a career if you're a woman you can have that all it might be hard it might be hard to achieve sometimes and it might be a lot but you can have that so there's my rant for the day <laughs> <laughs> well we had so many questions that we didn't get to so I guess we're gonna have to do like a slumber party to get back to some of these yeah a patreon overflow so thank you for joining us today guys we will see you back next week and we've got a lot on our plate so we actually don't know what we're hitting you with next week it might be an episode review it might be a guest we don't know but we will see you there yeah see you next time guys bye Bye, guys for more content be sure to join our patreon at patreon.com slash girls next level